Running all my life, sacrifice, hustle pay the price, want a slice, got to roll the dice, that's why, all my life, I've been grinding all my life, look, all my life, been grinding all my life, sacrifice, hustle pay the price, want a slice, got to roll the dice, that's why, all my life, I've been grinding all my life. What up, what up, what up, what up? Welcome to the Ball Don't Lie Podcast. This is your boy Dexter, your host, the one and only. Welcome back to another show. And for the ones that have seen game four, man, have the momentum swing like crazy. Everybody was talking about when the Suns were up two zip. Oh, it's a wrap. Suns in four. Suns in four. I mean, for the folks in AZ, that's what they were saying, right? Outside of AZ, unless you're a Suns fan. You know, people are just chanting, you know, man, Suns got shot. I mean, they're probably the better team. But, damn, things change up real quick. Sirius is tied 2-2. And game four was bizarre, in a sense, because it was like, damn, these two guys are going off as far as Devin Booker, as far as Chris Middleton. Then you had some guys who were just like, what? Like, what's going on with you, man? So, yeah, man, we're going we're, we're gonna to definitely dive into this one. Because game four, to me, like I said, game three, was, it was pivotal. You had to win game three as far as Milwaukee. They did that. I mean, they won game four. So far, no team has won on the road so far. But, yeah, man, they protected home court. So the next three games, somebody has to win on the road. Well, this is going to go game seven with the Phoenix Suns. So game five is a must win for Phoenix because if Milwaukee wins game five, oh, yeah, it's over. You're not going to see a game seven in Arizona. You're not going to see that unless there's a miracle. Unless somebody was playing spectacular and then somebody on the Bucks team was just struggling to score. So, obviously, those are games out there. We're going to talk about those games when they do come around the schedule. As of right now, we're going to be talking about the biggest names, Devin Booker and Chris Middleton. So, let's go ahead and dive into it. And before we do that, if you've been watching this show on IGTV or on YouTube, I appreciate the support. I really do. Like, I can't thank you all enough. This postseason has been lit. I, you know, I, I appreciate your feedbacks and support like I really do. And if you're new to this channel, go ahead and subscribe. Hit that bell notification right there on the bottom. And, you know, thumbs up if you can. And if you're on IG, hit that like button as well. And we're on every streaming platform out there as far as the audio route. So you can catch us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, etc. All the links will be in the bottom. But let's go ahead and dive back into it. This is the third time. In this postseason, that the Bucks had came back from a 2-0 deficit. Like, let that sink in for a second. They were down 2-0. I mean, they, they swept Miami Heat. Like, they, like no competition right there. They had redemption from, like, last year for what happened with them, right? But this year, they swept Miami Heat in the first round. Second round, they played against the, uh, the Brooklyn Nets. You know, they were down 2-0 because the Nets protected their home court. But eventually won that in seven games. 
Then they play the Hawks. Or like it's crazy. Like how you go, you know what I mean? Like it's 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 crazy. And then you're down two against uh the Phoenix Suns, obviously, because you play on the road, and then now you top the series. So that's crazy for the third time it actually happened. And the way Chris Middleton is playing is kind of like mind-boggling in a sense. I mean, there's games he shows out, and there's games you're, you're kind of scratching your head like, what's going on with you, Chris? Like, seriously, what's going on? Like, you're supposed to be like, and I kept saying this before in the previous episodes, like, he is the Robin to Giannis. Like, Giannis, there's, uh, Giannis can do as much as he can. He can drop 40 points and still lose like he, like, like he did in game two. Like, he can do things that are like, oh, my God, like, dude, this guy reminds me of, like, a Shaquille O'Neal in a sense because he, he was dominating the paint. Like, the guy's averaging crazy points so far in the NBA Finals. But then you need the other guy. You need guys to step up. Drew Holiday, I expect, I expect Drew Holiday to be, like, the third fiddle. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like, like Chris Middleton, you're the second guy on the roster. Like, you're supposed to be that guy. And, you know, he showed out for game four. Like, he came to play. He came out. Lights out. Like, he was hot. He was in rhythm. Like, give me the ball kind of thing, get out of my way situation. And it's crazy because Giannis was like, here, here, here. Like, give him the ball, give him the ball, give him the ball. And it's crazy. And, and, and that, I like that because he wasn't being selfish. That's what I like about Giannis. Giannis will get his buckets. But if you know Middleton is getting his to his sweet spots and hitting jumpers and scorching hot and, like, there's no answer for him. Like, he, because there's times where he gets in that mode where, like, this dude can shoot over everybody. You understand? Like, Chris Middleton doesn't really break you off the dribble. Like, go watch his tapes. Like, he kind of shoots like a, like, like a high-arching fade a little bit when he releases at, the, at that point. So it's really hard to block his shot. But most of his shots are contested, specifically like in game four. Guy was going inside the paint, doing up-and-unders, fades, jacking up threes in your face on Crowder and, and Mikel Bridges. And whoever else was on him. And I think when that happened, it opened up the court for Giannis to do what he was doing. Even though he had 28 points, like, it was easy for him. Even though, like, I don't know why you're shooting threes. Like, you you just hit 40 points, and all your points were in the bucket. I mean, as far within five, five feet of the basket. And you had dunks, layers, and free throws. That was it. No attempts beyond five feet. And then you go back to resorting back to what you do. Shooting threes. You're averaging 20, your average three-point percentage is like 20% or so, which is trash. But I get it. Like, he needs players to respect, I guess, or I guess, you know, pull him out the paint a little bit, jack him some shots, some kind of make them think, like, okay, is he going to be out there or not? <laughs> but that doesn't work because no one's afraid of those shots. But, yeah, going back to Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton, I don't know how else to say this. Like, he is the heart of that team. And Giannis is the soul of the Milwaukee Bucks and that organization and that city of Milwaukee and the state of Wisconsin. Like, Giannis is everything to the state of Wisconsin. But the heart is Chris Middleton. So, like, as far as the Bucks can go, they need him. And I said this multiple times. Like, I'm at a point where I'm getting fatigued saying it. And I know y'all been watching this and y'all heard this before. Like Milton, as far as the Bucks can go only as far as Chris Middleton goes. Imagine. Devin Booker is going crazy too. Like he had a marvelous performance. 
spectacular. Like it to me, it was jaw dropping in some at, at points because we know what happened game three. He stunk. He shot three for seventeen. He had ten points. Then comes down and dropped forty something. And like he went on like the third quarter was crazy. He dropped eighteen points in the third quarter and was seven for seven. The only, uh, he could have went for fifty, but the only issue was that he was in foul trouble. A lot of people are gonna debate about that sixth foul. Was it on Drew Holiday? I think it was a foul, but the refs kind of like pulled that whistle out of their mouth. Like you know, like uh, we're just gonna let them let him play through that. If that was anybody else, they would have caught a sixth foul on that person. In a sense, that I think the refs kind of gave the Suns some some bit of a life in that situation, even though they were down a few points. But still, like the, the last five minutes, which I'm about to speak upon in a few minutes about what ha- what transpired, what happened, I think that was the ultimate, you know, blow to the Phoenix Suns, which I'll break down for you guys in a second. But going back, like Devin Booker, Chris Middleton, I mean, they came out cooking from the jump. I mean, they were cooking with hot grease. Like, the dudes are so, like, they were sizzling hot. Like, there's, like, no answer for neither one of those guys. To me, the reason why the games were so neck-to-neck, finally, finally, like, thank God. Like, that's what I've been asking for. Game one, two, and three, all blowouts. I'm mean, not blowouts, but they're double-digit wins. Suns won by, you know, 10 or so in each of those games, in the first two games. And then the Bucks come out, and they won by double, double-digit double margins as well, as far as game three. But game four, it was neck-to-neck. It literally went down to the wire. Like I said in Game 3 episode, I said I want to see a game that comes down to the last second. Who has the pedigree? Who has the calm? Who has the huevos? And who can be consistent? And we didn't see that in Chris Paul. I'm going to talk about that in a second too when we, when we talk about the Phoenix Suns because right now I'm just talking about the two main guys. And then some, some bit about the Bucks. But yeah, there's there's a couple there's a couple mental collapses on the Phoenix side, but I don't want to rush into it. We'll get to that in a second. But like I said, those guys were cooking. They were hot. And then they kind of like equal each other out in a sense. And that's why the game was so close. Even though like you had, I think only three guys were in double figure for the Phoenix Suns, but you had like four or five guys for the Bucks. And I, I'll get into the stats in a second about that as well. But I'm looking at these numbers. Devin Booker had 38 points through three quarters. Like, the only thing that kept him out, really, was foul trouble. And I know he's trying to be aggressive on the defensive side. Chris, He's guarding Chris Middleton. So, like, he has to play physical against Chris because Chris was getting his getting to his sweet spots. Chris was scoring at will. At some points, it looked like it was at ease. Like, he had no issue. So, I know Devin Booker and Chris Middleton – who are matching up against each other or pl- trying to play both ways. But Chris is more of that defensive guy than Devin Booker. So I think Devin Booker was trying too much at a point. And I get it. My, my, you know, Mikael Bridges at, at times is guarding, you know, Middleton, but sometimes they switch to Devin Booker. So hopefully Devin Booker and DeAndre Aiden once again in foul trouble in game four. Hopefully that doesn't happen going forward. But we want these guys to stay in the game so we can see what, like, what will happen in a sense. Like, I don't want to see Devin Booker set out like six minutes, seven minutes in the fourth quarter. And they come in like, the last five minutes. And then at that point, it's it's already rocky at that point. The, the, the stadium is crowd. I mean, sorry, the stadium is loud. Crowd going crazy. So, hopefully going to game five, that doesn't happen for Devin Booker. 
But, yeah, man, Devin Booker, like I said, scored 38 points to three quarters. Devin Booker tied for the most through three quarters as far as those 38 points in the last 25 NBA Finals. Only happened twice. Or three times, sorry. It happened, no, twice, sorry. Or tied for a second, sorry. I'm, scratch that. Tied for a second to ever do that. And I'm trying to find out the first person. I've been trying to do some research on who did it. Couldn't find it. But tip your hat off to Devin Booker. That's crazy to even hear about. Like I said, Middleton had, he had a crazy uh, performance. He had 40 points in 43 minutes in the NBA Finals. He, I mean, he's pretty much getting where he wants. He shot 15 from 33 from the field. Like, he seemed more aggressive. And that's what we wanted from Chris Middleton. Instead of being nonchalant and let the ball come to you and just kind of relax a little bit like you're on a lazy couch, like, this is the NBA Finals. Go work for those shots. Like, there's... It's not easy getting here. Like I, I don't know about all you guys out there, but to get to the NBA Finals is not easy. And everybody said, well, the Warriors did it for years. Oh, the Lakers did it three times, such and such. Oh, yeah, Miami Heat did it four years. Like, those guys had power teams. The Bucks is not considered to be a power team. They only have one superstar on that team. And to some credit, Chris Middleton is an all-star. To some credit. And he's the Robin. So, yeah, man, like that, that's great for you to show out. And he will do that at times. Like, people kind of get this confused with Chris Milton. He, he's sneaky. Like, he can give you a 40-piece. And then he'll go out and give you a 12 the next game. So that's why, to me, the inconsistency would... I mean, he has far more inconsistent games. But they're happening in the playoffs. They're happening in the NBA Finals. Chris Milton can average 30... In this series, he can literally do that, but he opts out to not to do that and just like to relax a little bit and let Giannis orchestrate everything, him and Drew Holiday. So, like, I'm like, come on, Chris. Like, Devin Booker's doing his thing. Chris Paul played good for two games and then, like, went off the deep end. And we're going to talk about Chris Paul about that in a minute. But going back to uh, Chris Middleton, I mean, he was in rhythm all night. He felt good. Like, no one can guard him. So, yeah, big up to Chris Middleton because that dude was shooting money. Everything was going to basket was splash, and obviously it was cash. You know what I'm saying? So, game four, uh, you know, the Bucks were like, I remember he was going crazy in the first quarter. So, the Bucks were like, hey, man, get out of the way. Get a ball to Chris Middleton and let him do his thing. As far as that, like, I'm looking at these numbers right now as far as Milwaukee. And like I said, Overall, as a team performance, guys stepped up. And some guys didn't, but I don't really care about a few of those other guys. I'm only caring about Giannis, Middleton, Holiday, Bobby Porter's to a certain extent. Brooke Lopez, uh, Pat, Mc, uh, Pat uh, Connaughton, uh, but those other guys I just mentioned, yeah. So look at these numbers. P.J. Tucker had zero points. Zero points, and he played 30 minutes. And he was negative, what, three on the court as far as plus minus. But I get it. He's a defensive guru, so he's the one that's trying to guard Devin Booker at times. If Chris Middleton's not on him, he's guarding Chris Paul at times. If there's a switch, like he's all over the point. So I get it. He's a defensive-minded kind of guy in this team. So they're not really looking for him, you know, to like basically hunt for his shots like he did in Houston as far as standing in the corner pocket, hitting those corner threes. Even though he does that 
in certain situations in Milwaukee, but that's not his game. But going back to the stats, Giannis had 26 points, double digits and rebounds again, 14. He had eight dimes, a couple blocks, that crazy block. Matter of fact, run that tape for me right now, man. Let me show you this block. Because this up there with LeBron James, what he did to uh, uh, Andre Iguodala when LeBron had two hands against the glass. I mean, it's up there because that was like, to me, the play of the game in game four. And to me, that sparked the crowd. And to me, it kind of gave the juice to his team. So, yeah, man, go ahead and run that for me quick, man. Run that tape. Bucks up two. Now Booker with Tucker on him. Throws it up for Aiden. Shot blocked by Antetokounmpo. What a block from you. All right. Like, if you guys argue with me, that's not one of the greatest blocks in the NBA Finals. Show me something that's better than that. that Devin Booker is coming off a cross. This is a set play that the Phoenix Suns always use in the season. Watch DeAndre Aiden. He gives the pick, and he's rolling to the basket like he's expecting an alley-oop. Even though the alley-oop was terrible by Devin Booker, he kind of just throw it in the air like that. But Giannis had to backtrace basically the footsteps where Aiden is going and meets him at the top, like 12 feet. Like at the box, above the box. That was that was wild. So if you guys want to argue that, send me some comments in the bottom. Let me know. But going back to the stats, Brook Lopez had 14 points. How many rebounds he had? Zero. No, he had one. So I don't expect him to rebound like that. 14, 14 points, 40 from Middleton, 13 from Drew Holiday, who played great. He had three uh, three sales, seven, seven rebounds, you know, passing the ball around. Pat Cummington hit a couple crucial three-pointers. Couple. In the second half. Specifically in the fourth quarter. Specifically in the eight, uh, the, when he had the run in the last five minutes of the fourth quarter as far as the Bucks. So, yeah. He, he, he definitely played good as far as, like a team, as far as the team played good. And the Phoenix Suns, let's just go ahead and, you know, actually, we'll pause on that. Going back with the Milwaukee Bucks. I just want to say this. I just want to say this. Before we kind of move on, because I know a lot of you guys out there are like, ah, oh, that's enough about the Bucs, right? Giannis, has se- Giannis now has 17 double-doubles in this postseason. So he's eating. So for the ones out there that keep kn- knocking on Giannis about how he's, oh, they figured him out. Oh, he's one dimension. Oh, he only scores in the paint. He plays defense. He rebounds. And he passes the ball. He had eight assists in that game. And he's, he's passing out from not in the key. He's out there on the perimeter. So stop hating on dude. But yeah, man, stop shooting threes, though, G. Stop shooting threes. You're, only, well, you're averaging 20, 20% from that three-point line, and you're averaging 65% in the paint, but all your points came in the paint game three, nothing beyond five feet, and you go back to being your old way. So anyways, let's talk about what happened the last five minutes in the game four situation, last five minutes in the fourth quarter. Because to me, that's what decided everything. The game was neck to neck. Even down in the last few minutes, it was still neck to neck. But in the in the fourth quarter, in the last five minutes, let's go ahead and run this. I'm gonna pull this up for you guys to see this. In the final five minutes and 30, uh, 30 seconds of the fourth quarter, the Bucks went onto a 19-8 run, and I think Devin Booker was inserted too around that time. 
because he had five fouls and he came in and should have got a six. But we already talked about that. Look at these stats. 19 points for uh, for the Milwaukee Bucks, who was hot. Like I said, they were hot. And then the Phoenix Suns kind of tapered off. And a lot has to do with Chris Paul. Chris Paul, to me, had lousy turnovers in this game. Matter of fact, in this series. But in this, in this game specifically, slips on the floor. Passes the ball, I think, backwards. Gets stolen. That's a transition that happened. And they, the Bucks scored on that. Eight points in the last five minutes. They shot three for 10. When the Bucks shot six for 15. Free throws, six for six. And the turnovers were two. And those two turnovers was Chris Paul. <laughs> I don't get it. Like, point God, right? How you have these major collapses in the NBA Finals? Like, even you at your age, there's no guarantees you're going to come back to the NBA Finals. Like, I don't know if you're going to be here. I don't know where your intuitions are after this season or after this finals. You might come back. You might not. But it's not easy getting here. You got to understand. Lakers were injured. The Clippers were injured. And it was a, like a very condensed schedule. But next year is going to be different. So it's not easy to repeat the NBA finals unless you have a stacked super team. So we're going to see what's going to happen next year. But Chris Paul, you got to play it better. But my biggest takeaway from game four on the Phoenix side wasn't Devin Booker. Even though I was talking about him, it wasn't Devin Booker. Devin Booker did great. But what collapsed the whole entire thing and made this a Chris Paul noise, because that's all it is right now, going into game five this Saturday, everybody's going to be talking about Chris Paul's collapse and what happened to him. Old age. Oh, not point God. Oh, my God, is what I heard from Shannon Sharp, I believe. Like a little snippet on Twitter. Like, he's hearing all this noise. It's kind of it's kind of messed up that it happened on the night that Devin Booker was shooting the lights out and dropped 40 himself. So, yeah, my biggest takeaways for this collapsing is just poor, poor play by Chris Paul, which is it's odd. It's not really known. The guy was the guy's great controlling the game, game manager. Like every game in this series. It's like he's tapering off. And I think the only solution to that is he's tired. He's fatigued. Like, he has never been here. The guys he have are young horses. Devin Booker is young. Aiden is young. Mikel Bridges is young. Jay Crowder been here before. But Jay Crowder is not the, he's not having the, 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 uh, the workload like Chris Paul does and Devin Booker does. So his... He's not the one that's carrying the ball up every single time. But at the same time, you got to give credit to Drew Holiday. You got to understand, Chris Paul, who was guarding him against the Lakers? Ain't Drew Holiday. Who was guarding him against the Denver Nuggets? Ain't Drew Holiday. And who's guarding him against the Clippers? Ain't Drew Holiday. And don't tell me Pat Bev and Reggie, uh, Reggie Jackson is a Drew Holiday type of defender. Drew Holiday locks you up 90 feet like Pat Bev. But Drew Holiday is a defender. Even when he was back in the Pelicans, he was a defender. Even back when he was when he was rookie year, his first couple of years in Philadelphia as a Sixer, he was a defender. Even when he was at UCLA in college, the collegial level, he was a defender. So you got to give a lot of credit to Drew Holiday because he's playing this guy, Chris Paul, 90, 94 feet. 
And he's making it hard for Chris Paul. You got to understand, Chris Paul, I believe in a game six. Sorry, no. Was it? Yeah, so he, in the closeout game against the Clippers, I believe he had like 41 or 42 points. Game one in the NBA Finals, he drops 32. He's playing good. Game two, he plays well. Game three, he disappears. Game four, he was trash. There's two factors. Fatigue. I don't know if that comes with old age. Chris Paul has never played this long as far as deep in the postseason. At the same time, Drew Hodd is guarding you. And Drew Hodd is playing heavy minutes. Like, Jeff Teague barely comes in the game. Because that's the backup point guard. So, yeah, Drew Hodd, you got to tip your hat off to him. But Chris Paul, I mean, he didn't give Devin Booker any help. Devin Booker actually ain't had any help besides Jerry Crowder. Outside of that, John Aiden had six points, even though he had like 17 rebounds and he was in foul trouble. But y'all don't give the ball to DA. That's y'all fault. The guy can give 20 points. I said this before. He can give you easy 20 points. Easy. 18, 16, 20, 22, whatever it may be. He's definitely going to give you rebounds because he's your anchor. Like he's going to block shots and he's going to rebound. That's what he does. That's his calling card, even though he can score. Even though he's agile, even though he got great, you know, great footwork, he got great hands too. But Chris Paul is not giving him the ball at times. Like every time they need a bucket, they go on Devin Booker, Chris Paul. Like I feel like they got to get DA in the game. But yeah, Devin, Chris Paul, like he didn't show out for uh, De- Devin Booker. You know, like like I said, other other than Jay Crowder, it was Devin Booker's show. It kind of, like I said, got offset by Chris Middleton. They both kind of just like hassed each other out because of the game they played. But like I said, we, we didn't really see this from CP3 in the postseason. He played marvelous against the Lakers. He had crazy numbers against the Denver Nuggets. I think that was his best series. And he had a couple, you know, crazy games against the Clippers. And he also had some question marks too against the Clippers. But so far, in four games, Chris Paul, where have you been? Two games were at your house. Two games in a row, you were a dud. You stunk. And all the noises are going to be, for, they are legitimate. These are legitimate noises. Not criticism. Because everybody's yelling. Like, we expect you in your 16th year to play good. Not to, I get Devin Booker, who he had 10 points. He never been here before. He doesn't understand that. Even though you've never been here before, you play enough games to understand. So, like I said, old age. Fatigue, can those two play a part? That even though like you're being guarded by Drew Hardy, yes, I believe it is. So let me tell you, let me give you guys some fun facts about Chris Paul's ball handling and game management. He had a huge turnover in late in the fourth quarter. That's two of the last five minutes that I just noted a few minutes ago. He now has 17 turnovers in the NBA Finals in four games. In four games. 17, that is unusual for Chris Paul. And if you look at the first three rounds, he had a grand total of 15 or 14 turnovers. Three rounds, he had 14 turnovers. But you have 17 in four games? Yeah. And I know he's going to do better as far as trying to keep the turnovers down. But can he show up to be the Chris Paul that we've seen in the previous rounds? And that's up for question. So we're going to see what's going to happen on Saturday. But like I said, CP3's production just tapered off, tapered off, tapered off as far as game three and game four. But he's going back home in his own house with the crowd on his side. 
and he heard the noise, and he has a couple of days to rest. So I don't know if that ligament, I know he has a torn ligament either in his finger or in his wrist, whatever it may be. That's not an excuse. Everybody's banged up at this point. And you played good in game one with that injury. Matter of fact, you played good in the last series in the Clippers, in the closeout. So no excuses going forward for anybody, even on the Milwaukee side. Giannis has a hyperextended knee, came back in a week. has been playing at a level that we haven't seen. So imagine that. Yeah, he's younger, but we don't care. But like, I just want to give you guys a final thought on the situation. If Phoenix does not win this Saturday, it's over. It is over. Milwaukee will close this out. I don't expect this to go game seven. And that can be wrong. I am not God. I can't project the future. But you got to give them a round of applause for the Milwaukee Bucks. Hold up. There we go. Round of applause. Because they did great. They, they, they heard all the pressure. Yeah, they heard all the pressure. So, like, yeah, man, we're we definitely going to dive into game five. And I expect this. I hope I wanted to be another great game like game four. Maybe fix up some turnovers on the Phoenix side and, and, and the foul trouble. And then on the Bucks side, maybe you just go back to be dominating the paint and stop shooting threes. You know who I'm talking about. And I hope Chris Middleton doesn't disappear. I hope he comes back and gives you 28, 30, or whatever it may be. So hopefully that happens. So we'll see. Stay tuned. For all the ones that have been watching, like I said, can't thank you enough. Love the support. If you're new to this channel, go ahead and subscribe. The link's in the bottom. Y'all be safe. It's going to be a lit weekend. I'll drop the next episode after that, I promise. Until then, y'all stay safe. Peace.